Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for the evening, Tuesday night, as always, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. I mean, it's 8.01, so I mean, that's pretty professional for us. I have no idea if everything's actually going to work this evening, but if it does, damn it, that's going to be awesome. Somebody's going to get a pat on the back for that. So welcome to Seat Time. Seat Time is the online show for the off-road enthusiasts. If you enjoy riding your dirt bike, racing your dirt bike, drinking a bunch of beers, and possibly just talking about how much you enjoy riding your dirt bike, this is probably even more for the show of the of the latter folks so thank you for tuning in if you are live make sure you go ahead and share out the link so other people can tune in and enjoy us we would really really appreciate that if you're just so happen to be archived or listening to the podcast do the same thing be like holy shit these guys are funny they talk about motorcycles brian's face is not cute look how goofy he is whatever it is you should probably talk about us and make sure that uh, you, you uh, share our greatness or our lack of greatness, either one of those. Seat Time is brought to you by the fine folks over at Fly Racing. You can find out more about them at flyracing.com, Stillwell Performance, of course, stillwellperformance.com. And actually, they just updated their website today, so you can go check that out. And Flex Bars at Fast Company, which we now have a sign. Woo! Technically, I'm giving the signs balls a nice little... So that sign should be happy for at least the next five minutes until it gets blue balls and then gets pissed off and slaps me on the back of the head. We're going to see what happens. That sign could get really pissed off. So um, we do archive everything on the site, seattime.co. You can find us on Stitcher or iTunes if you just want to get the audio uh, and you just go search for it, Seat Time, two words, and to hit the subscribe, bam, it's that easy. Um, one last thing, bit of house cleaning. We did release last week the 1987 Suzuki SP200 time-lapse build from the Baja Rally. That is on YouTube. Go to our YouTube channel, check it out, and uh, watch that. It's not even two minutes long. Super fun for you guys to enjoy that. Um, and we do have um, more coming out at the end of this week. Of course, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, it gives you a chance just to be updated when we update it. So look for that later in this week. One of the big things that happened this past weekend that I wanted to talk about, super, super excited, is that we are getting more and more Sprint Enduros in the United States. This year alone, we've seen three, one that happened in the Northwest, one that happened in the Northeast with the J-Day Sprint Enduro, and one that just happened this past weekend in, I guess you want to call it the Southeast, um, in uh, Union, South Carolina at the Big Buck property, which typical for the GNCC uh, event that's held out there, which Stephen and I were lucky enough to attend earlier this year in April, um, but it was put on by none other than Jason Hooper, uh, owner and owner and contributor and greatness uh, aficionado of DigitalOffRoad.com. Does a lot of stuff with GNCC. Um, I want to say this is his first go at being promoter, so it's going to be cool not just to talk more about the fact that we're getting more sprint enduros, how is this format going to evolve here in the States, but to get a lot from Jason Hooper on what it feels to be a first-time promoter, some of the highs, some of the lows, you know, how many how many pats on the back does it take versus pats on the butt, you know, it's like pep up versus pep down, it could get weird. So let's just jump into it. Mr. Jason Hooper, let's just ask it, how is your evening going, kind sir? 
Oh, it's going pretty good, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm home. I'm not, uh, I'm not living in a field in South Carolina in my motorhome right now. So uh, <laughs> I have to take a, a shower and a real shower and sleep in my bed last night. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. That, that's like a step up. So how long were you out on the property, uh, in your RV? Uh, I got there Tuesday morning before the race. Okay. So, so that's not a really week. That long, but long enough when oh, you're yeah. working, working your butt off every day. That's, that's plenty. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that I've found out now that my dad is an RV is just when you're dirty and nasty and grimy, the RV seems to kind of pick up on that. And as you the the the, the next day after day after day, it just like you're like I, this doesn't this isn't clean. This is nasty. You just don't. So when you get a chance to get out of the RV and clean it and everything, you're just kind of like I am home. And if the yeah, home well, could be nasty, but you're like fuck yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because like. You're taking RV showers because we didn't have hookups or anything. So it's like you get wet, you lather up, you rinse off, and that's it because you, you got to make sure you can serve your water. So you're dirtier than you've ever been in your whole life, and you got to take the shortest shower with the least amount of water possible. It was, it's a bad scenario. Yeah, that's when you do the cat bath and you just uh, wet the rag and you kind of floss your butt crack to your balls. And that's like that. that's like the dirtiest part for me. I'm not going to lie. So... I mean, I would imagine any other man, but we'll see. So that's not dirt bikes. We'll talk about my uh, my cleaning of my what is it, the chode, the chode region uh, later later in the show. So I think we should also say one. I'm glad that you're up and walking because earlier this year, I want to say it was in May. Was it uh, the Mountaineer where you got like taken out in, in the, at the GNCCs? Yeah, yeah, I got cleaned out. It was May 25th. To the yeah, day. This year, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I won't forget that one, trust me. <laughs> this, I mean, were you just there on the side of the track and it was just one of those racing accidents where, you know, a quad just, just made it to the outside and took a bunch of people out? Yeah, they, uh, uh Chris Borch and Walker Fowler kind of came together a little bit. Uh, Borch's right front wheel rode over top of Borch, uh, Fowler's left rear wheel and it just shot him off to the side real quick. So yeah, I was filming and you know, when you've got your face in a camera, um, your perspective on things isn't usually the greatest. And yeah, so I, I mean, I, I have the footage of it still. And, uh, it was, it was like just a little over a second between when they hit and then he hit me. So there wasn't a whole lot I could do about it. You know, it was just one of those things. So was it, was it just as intimidating as when you got taken out by Paul Wibley or less intimidating? Hmm. But, uh, well, it happened so much faster. Like I saw Wibbs coming and I thought he wasn't going to hit me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I wasn't really that scared before Wibbs hit me and this one that happened, uh, but like this one happened so fast. I didn't really know it was coming until it, you know, it was like, Oh crap, there's a quad coming at me. And I'm the next thing I know, I, my leg was broken. So yeah, you're it, on the ground. It was, it was writhing pain. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. And then congrats on your daughter, Macy, turning a year. I mean, you've kept a human alive for an entire year. That's a hell of an accomplishment. I know. I've done it twice, strangely yeah, enough. Tw- yeah, two times, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd say the most of the credit goes to my wife. Cause I'm, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy because like, tomorrow is actually her birthday. So uh, it was 10 o'clock, 365 days ago. We're an hour away from when her water broke. So it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Other other days you'll never forget in your life, right? You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is for sure, man. That is true. But we'll, we'll talk about uh, all the, the, the actual things that happen in childbirth on, again, that's our Thursday night show. That's where things get really weird. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, but quickly, how was the cake smashing? Did you guys do a cake smashing? How did yeah, that yeah, we did. I don't know how how your kids did with it, but uh, she was. I think she she was so weirded out by thirty people standing around staring at her yep. that it took like. I mean, she's a pig. She eats like crazy all the time, and she just wants to eat everything. And then she just like she was like tiptoeing and like take like putting a finger in and looking at like, am I supposed to be doing this? <laughs> like, why isn't anybody telling me no? And then finally, finally, she got into it, and then she was freaking wired for the next two hours you know on the sugar high so yeah it, it was awesome i mean it it was cool yeah it was a great way to unwind from last week and you know just relax and stuff so it was good yeah no that's awesome yeah it, it does seem weird that that's kind of the way that it works out i really think that it's exactly what you said they're all kind of the, the kids are like wait a minute typically i would be yelled at and told no if i try to play with my food and now they are literally taking my hand and putting it on this cake and it's like yeah I don't get it, Dad. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we just had our first ever Kenda Full Gas Sprint Enduro put on by you, owner of digitaloffroad.com. Right. Um, I, I think going back on Facebook, I remember the Facebook page kind of going live June 26th. Um, how long before that has this been in the works? And, and I guess like not maybe as – Ooh, I think I kind of almost want to do this, but like trigger has been pulled. We are moving forward. Kind of. When did that begin? Mm, I don't. I don't have an exact date, but it was probably Steel Creek GNCC ish time. So beginning of April or something. I was like, all right, I'm doing this for sure. And then it was just a matter of finding out where I wanted to do it and sorting out a date. So it was. It was definitely later than than it probably should have been. And I guess a lot of that had to do with trying to convince my wife that it was a good idea. <laughs> so, so I, I finally convinced her that I, I like, let's, uh, we just need to, we need to do this. We got to try it. Right. So yeah, it, it was a, it was a long time in the making, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, it definitely takes some serious time, you know, to get it rolling. But yeah, it, it's been a while. Yeah. And, and I know like in the video, um, that you guys put out, you, you talked to the fact that it's like back to 2012 when we went to Germany at the ISDE, you were talking about the racing there that you saw. Was that your first real introduction to that kind of sprint style enduro racing that they do for the ISDE? Um, or, or you probably seen it in videos, but that might have been your first right. time in person. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely the first time I'd ever seen it in person. Yeah, like, you know, I watched the videos of the six days in World Enduro Championship all the time and, you think it's kind of cool, but you don't really get it. Yeah. And until you're there and you see it in person. And I mean, honestly, the FAM doesn't do the greatest job with some of their videos. I don't think displaying how cool that stuff is. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, you were with me, so, you know, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty eye opening experience for me when you, you see that stuff, like, cause you don't see three, four mile grass tracks with ribbon the whole way or four mile woods enduro tests with, both sides ribbon in the united states anywhere yeah no, so like, there oh, is yeah we don't have ribbon racing that's like kind of like what i've heard it called a couple of times by some euros and stuff like that and so jaunty Edmonds, you talked to him i did not actually know when we were meeting him and chatting with him and stuff like that that he was the kind of proprietor and promoter of the british uh, sprint enduro series so 
what, what was what was his kind of uh was he just full fledged for it like you have to do it in the states or was he like these are the pitfalls if you do it watch out for this? No, he did. He didn't give me many pitfalls. So <laughs> we, uh, later, uh, later we've I mean, we've talked a lot, and he's been hugely instrumental in helping me out. But back then, I mean, he just kind of was giving me the the gist of it and saying, you know, there's no reason that this can't work yeah. in the U.S. You know, that, that this this is something that that could work. Um, we didn't talk back then about trying to explain it to people because it was that was probably the biggest challenge I've faced. Is everybody's like. What's a sprint enduro? Yeah, and then every you know, obviously in the United States, at least especially on this coast, people think of an enduro. It has to be thirteen mile tests, and if it's not single track the whole way, then it's then it's blasphemy. It's so not off road. You say, <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you say enduro and you say the trail's eight feet wide and there's a grass track that's pretty much just a moto track. With you know that hasn't been dissed up and doesn't doesn't have huge jumps that people don't think it's enduro. So the I mean, yeah. So it, that, I guess that's one of the things there. Oh, yeah, I uh, didn't mention the chat room actually. If anybody's watching live right now that wants to get in there, tlk.io/seattime. A uh, great way to get in there and interact with the show. Um, Mark Cook is in there right now. Uh, asking some good questions. We're going to definitely get to that. So if you have questions for Jason, myself, or just random stuff uh, that you want us to chat about, uh, get on in there and do it. Um, he, he wants to know, what does your wife think now, now that you guys are home and it's over? Mm, Still too early? She's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, she's a little up in the air about it right now. Um, uh, yeah, she ended up working scoring for about eight hours Saturday and Sunday, so she didn't have the best experience on race weekend. So, um and we won't even get into the financial aspect of it. So, oh yeah, uh, yeah. So, well, so I mean, she, we she, may, but no, well, we could. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, so her, she's not a, uh, she's not super, super thrilled on it right now. But you know, it's funny. She hasn't told, I haven't got a no yet, so. Yeah, <laughs> what's what's interesting is uh, my parents for the longest time. They would. Do, my dad was an Arkansas dirt rider, so they would help put on the train robbers enduro, which they also did the national a couple of years, which was that horrible mutter. Um, they would always celebrate their wedding anniversary on the weekend of that enduro, like that's just when it always fell. So the first thing my dad would always say at the riders meeting was like, "Hey, thanks everybody for coming out to help my wife and I celebrate our wedding anniversary." It's it's interesting how like we are very cautious about to make sure we we spend the right amount of time with our wives and we, and when we give them the, the due, due, due diligence for the important dates for them. But when it comes to weird stuff like that, if we ask nice and we like, they'll know how much it really means to us. And in that, you know, sometimes it's just kind of like they're, they're willing to sit behind the table for hours on end and do that kind of stuff just because they know that that help supports us so much uh, in those little things. So it's cool that, that she was so um, open to that and willing to help out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she got all the registration packets ready and entered everybody into the database, and yeah, just did whatever she whatever she could to help out. And unfortunately for her, it ended up being backup scoring, which is probably the worst job I think there could be. Yeah, I've been there multiple ball. times at a couple uh, Toro seasons where it's like everything's electronic, but just in case electronic goes downhill, you got to have some kind of a backup. So yeah, yeah. Um. 
I would say in the sprint enduro world, from the little the little different series that are out there, there are some hair differences when it comes to format, length of tests, uh, how many tests you're going to have, how many times <clears> maybe you're going to run those tests. So when it came down to format for you, as this kind of test weekend came about, um, how did you really decide on format, rules, lengths, and, and things like that? Yeah, a lot of it was just talking to riders, talking to team managers and stuff like that and getting an idea because, unfortunately, it's hard to do things in the States the, exactly the way things are done overseas. You know, like for the British Sprint Enduro Championship, they do one test. That's it. One test, and they run it over and over and over like six, seven times a day, and then they reverse it for the second day, but that's it. They don't have two tests. You know, in, in Australia on their sprint days, is that, they take their cross country track and split it in half and they clubmen ride one side, the pros ride the other, hmm. but it's still just one test. So is that I because of, of land? Of, um, Do you know why that is? Is that because of land or because of promoter? Like, is, uh, I, I, I don't know for sure, but I think it's a little bit of both. Cause obviously if you have to lay out six miles of track or eight miles of track, it's a lot more work and you need a lot more space. And I, I know one of the, Good things about a sprint enduro is that, you know, you don't need the hunk of land that you would for another enduro. So I, th- I think it goes, I think it goes a little bit of both. I don't think it's a the cut and dry answer there, but right, okay, but no, I, no, yeah, for sure. But you know, and so things have, and things over there have kind of, you know, they're more established, and you know, sometimes people just go with the status quo. Like if this is how you do it, then okay, that's fine. I'm I'm cool with that. But the problem is with one test, if you get a couple hundred riders or 300 riders, you know, the delay, the reset time ends up being longer. So, you know, I talked to, you know, I talked to Auntie at KTM and I talked to a bunch of pro riders and, you know, they were all really concerned about like the reset time. And right. I think a Hanging lot of it, you know, I talked, right. And then I talked to Jonty and he's like, he's like, yeah, man, the reset can be 45 minutes. And I was like, and like nobody complains. He's like, no, we don't say anything. I'm like, well, hell, people are complaining to me and I haven't even done it yet just cause, talking about the idea. Yeah. So I, I, I got enough feedback that made me think that you know, if we're going to do it, we're going to do two tests because, you know, I think it was that way I could ease those guys' mind, right? We're going to have two tests. We can cut the reset time down and, uh, you know, and it, that kind of opens you up. I didn't know how many riders we were going to get. You know, yeah. if you get, uh, if you get 500 riders or something, you've got one test. It's going to be probably not so good. So <laughs> ridiculous. You know, that gave yeah, that would us be the, ridiculous. Yeah. So that gave us the the flexibility that if if we got a huge turnout, you know, we could run both tests at the same time, start them at the same time, and the resets aren't going to be something ridiculous. So what did the so the, the resets kind of turn into for for guys out there? Say the pros. Um, we'll just go off of that. Mm, it probably turned into something about 40 minutes, 45 minutes is what the reset ended up turning into be. And that was, it wasn't the original plan, mm-hmm. but it kind of, we kind of ended up having to roll with it because we ended up having some scoring issues. And, but at the end of the day, nobody complained. Right. So I, th- I think, I think that's just one of the, one of the things that you needed to get, um, you need to get people out to try it. So once we got through that first day, no one complained. And then so like the first day we told them the reset was going to be 20 or 30 minutes and we just needed to get through the first few tests. And then things kind of, things went, got a little bit shaky. So we stretched it out to make sure that we could try and get the scoring stuff back on track. And then so the next day I just said, we're going to start on the hour every hour. So they ride for 10 minutes or whatever. And then, you know, have 
45 minutes, 40 minutes or something in between tests before they got back into staging and then we got everything going again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what we ended up doing. All right. No, no, that's cool. Um, what about spectator turnout? Cause that to me seems like such a great pull for, for spectators. This more of a sprint enduro where you've got these shorter tests. You know, we look at J Day where they've got like a mile to two mile max track and then you know they've got tons of people out there watching so for you like what was your spectator pool like do you feel like you had a good spectator turn oh uh, no no our no? spectator turnout was awful okay yeah I, I i was pretty that was probably the biggest thing i was disappointed about over the over the weekend was we didn't get a huge turnout and that was one of the reasons that i picked the big buck locations because it's one of the bigger spectator turnouts for the for the gncc not the biggest. I mean, the land is perfect for for this type of racing. So uh, that was like a added bonus is that the the potential to have a, a massive turnout. And we we did all, we hit all the same media channels and you know flyers and everything that that they do. You know, I, I printed like two hundred flyers that were put out around that town and everything. And it just it was it, it we didn't really we didn't draw the numbers. And yeah. I think again, it's just people just don't people just don't know that they would have seen so much more action than they would at a typical hair scrambled type event. Right. But I mean, I, I mean, it is what it is, man. I, 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 uh, you, know, you kind of hope for the best on the spectator thing, but I think once people see the video and the people that were there, you know, getting to go out into the grass track and, and watch and see them come this way one minute and you can watch them for a while. Cause you got line of sight and then they come back the other way. And then, that test's over and you've got time to walk over to the next test, find your spot and watch them. So, I mean, it's like spectator wise, it, it's, it's hard to beat, you know, besides like enduro cross or, or a J day. I don't think there's any way to make it something off road, more spectator friendly, really. Yeah. Um, so w- when it comes down to, to, to rider turnout, like how was your, what was, how did you feel about the rider turnout and how many pros did you have versus amateurs or vice versa? So we had ten pros, okay, um, but they were pretty good pros. Oh yeah, no, they it was there were yeah, no slouches. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't think we had a privateer. You know, what I, I mean, re- like everybody has some sort of a ride, pretty much on right. there. We had three out of the four ISD junior team members, two guys on the trophy team, two guys on the Australian trophy team. So I mean, like it was pretty stacked pro class. So yeah, the rider turnout was low. But uh, we were we were up against two local series, the um, Mid East and North Carolina Hair Scrambles were were both running this weekend. So um, I knew we were gonna. I knew the rider turnout wouldn't be huge. But in all honesty, I didn't. I didn't really want it to be a massive massive event because yeah, this you, is the first you can't, time. It's I've hard ever to test the water when you got five hundred riders. You know, it's like right, right. I mean, and it was stressful enough as it was, and I mean. I, I I wouldn't have minded a few more. I, I think 150 was like my goal, and I think we had 117 paid or something like that, roughly. So we, I mean, we were close. I mean, I think that's a respectable number. Right. I've seen some you know some bigger series that run that have you know been running for years and years and years that have had less than that this year. So I don't know to do something brand new that. Uh, probably 90 percent of the people that showed up didn't really completely understand what they were getting into. Right. Yeah. Um, to get a hundred and some people to show up, I'm happy with it. And, you know, in hindsight too, the way things ended up working out, I, I'm glad we didn't get any more because I, I think maybe people would have been upset. Cause we, like I said, we had a little bit of, a little bit of 
issues on the scoring side. And uh, so, yeah, I think it was good. Cool. Um, we talked a little bit about the test um, and how you had two and maybe some of the other series only have one and how that yeah, I think you're that you're going the right direction by trying to at least have two. Um, so you had a cross test and a woods test. Did I get the names right? right? Cross test and a woods yeah, test. Yeah, cross okay. test, grass track, whatever you want. To, like, I mean, over in Europe, they would call it the cross test, and they'd call the other one an enduro test. But, right. So yeah. let, let's talk about those two and how they differ. I think you talked about a little bit in your FAQs and your website, some of the uh, media stuff that you put up, but just so we've got a good differentiation here. Tell me about those two tests, and then let's talk a little bit, too, about what changes we might make in the future now that you've done the event. Okay, so so the cross test is basically a graphic test, and it's pretty much like a just a big old like punk and moto track, but not many jumps, and and you know it's all it's all grass. So our test was almost exactly three miles long. I think there was two tenths of a mile that was in the woods, and that was just because of the layout of the property. We had to we had to connect through some woods from one field to the other. I mean that. So they were they weren't in the woods for very long. So you know, staked on both sides, ribbon the whole way. Um, we we did build a couple of jumps. We built a ski jump down a hill and a, a little double jump and some a couple other like rollers and stuff. So you could get a get a little hang time and do some fun stuff like that. But yeah, so it, it was fast. It was it was pretty fast, um, pretty flowing, and it it was good. And so the the enduro test was. I don't, I didn't GPS the whole thing after we've made a couple of changes. So it was probably pretty close to three and a half miles and it ranged. We didn't have any like what you would call true single track. Most of it was, I mean, we drove a bulldozer on some of it. We could drive a bobcat on almost all of it. And then we had, we had a bunch of, I probably had, I don't know, half a mile to three quarters of a mile of fresh cut. That was just stuff. You know, I went through the woods that hadn't been run there and, you know, ran ribbon. Um, so, and it, it had a little bit of grass track on it too, just to get back, back to the finish, to get yeah. into the woods, get back to the, back to the finish from the woods. But, uh, so it, it was cool. I thought the, I thought the woods loop was sick. I mean, we, we ran some GNCC trail, some trail that there was left there from a national enduro, some trail that we made on our own. Um, yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, go ahead. Looks like it might take a minute for him to hit, catch up with the hiccup. Um, so, uh, go so you don't want go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we, you were getting uh, jumpy for a second, so I was like, "Uh oh, but go keep going." Oh yeah, well that's the beauty of having living in a place where I can only get DSL. So sorry about that. Oh no, you're fine, man. Uh, so yeah, so I was just saying that we uh, the we freshened up the stuff that had been run before. Yeah, so we were, we ran some equipment over it, so it. If you had raced the GNCC or you had raced the the National Enduro, the trail wasn't exactly the same. Right. So it, it was good. I mean, I, I I thought it was fun. I mean, if you watched the GoPro, I thought it was. Oh no, the GoPro I mean, made me want to ride. If I mean, that's exactly what yeah. it should do. You know, it could kind of give you that that amplitude. You're just like, oh my gosh, this looks awesome, which it did. The creek jump was it? In, is it intimidating and as big as it looked in per, like in person? Because on, on the camera, like I saw some angles of it where I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, third gear wide open, just up." But like, you know, on other sides, I'm kind of like, then you kind of see a little bit more of a sideways angle. You're like, "Oh my god, that's that's intense! Like that's a big one! Like wh- how like how was that in reality?" 
I didn't think it was that bad, man. Um, I, I, you know how it is. Sometimes stuff looks bigger than it really is. And the fact that you can't roll it, like if it, if it was on a motocross track and you could, and, and everybody could have rolled down the middle of it and then, you know, kind of felt it out. Yeah. I'd say 95% of the people would have jumped it because it really wasn't that big. But, but the, the creek's pretty intimidating and it's where that, that part of the creek, it was a little bit lo- like there was a pretty big difference between the, where the creek bottom was and the, um, and the top of the jump. So that, right. I say the top of the jump was probably like eight feet or something from, from the creek bottom. So it was probably a little bit intimidating, but I mean, we, we built a pretty decent downside and a pretty decent lip. So I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was just too bad. Was that the one that Grant Baylor biffed it on? Yes, Grant biffed it on. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only person that crashed. So uh, tell me how that makes any sense. Like you know, I was a little nervous about doing that kind of stuff. You know, because you, you you have people of all ability level out there, and you're like I'd hate you know, or an older guy or something like those two together. I think we should change that, Mark Cook. If you're still watching the night, we need to we need to change that up. That's that's wrong. Yeah, so <laughs> we did the same. I'd say I think it was I counted and we ended up I ended up counting because we needed to adjust the time because there was a bunch of pros coming after Grant had crashed and and for there Charlie Mullins was it was pretty close behind him and Grant's bike was still laying in the middle of the track yeah. so we had to send Charlie Trevor Bollinger and Stu around the jump and so we were timing it and I think it was seven seconds longer to go around the jump than to take it right. so I mean for the average amateur it wasn't enough where like you you're not oh no hey what happened? am i am i back yeah you're there apparently i don't I, yeah steven was just kind of like giving me a heads up that it seemed like things were getting a little finicky but we think it's on our end so it's not you don't even worry it's it's one of those situations where we love it if we could get buy some form of a business package so like it's like hey at&t or whoever we want to pay you x amount of money and always have this kind of great service but because of the fact that no one will do that um it, it's we sometimes come in the nights like this where probably somebody's downloading you know some new porn and so if they're right. torrenting and our whole neighborhood's getting throttled for some reason. So right, right. it's 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 unfortunate. So Steven, what is it looking like to you? Well, YouTube was good last time, so let's just keep rolling with it. We'll see what happens. Is that wine? Uh, wine? Did, yeah, what was that? For me? Yeah. No. Oh, all right. Well, let's see what happens. Now spotty again. Um, one day I'm going to find somebody that can sell us good internet and I can stop having a headache over this kind of stuff. So t- changes for next year. Now that we've kind of talked about the, the tests that you put together and what they were like and how people thought about them, what have you learned? Shorter, longer, more intense, less intense, more blue line, more woman line. What's the, what's the hot setup? Dude, honestly, I didn't get I, – I mean, and maybe I'll get some now. No one complained. So I, it's the, it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I just knew people were going to complain about the track or somebody was, you know, was going to hate it. Some old guy was going to come and think he needed to have – Barkbusters and was going to complain because it wasn't a, 
you know, 100 miles a day or something like that. But right. I didn't really, I mean, a couple guys on the, we, um, we made a couple changes on the grass track during the race. Um, cause there was like, maybe there was a kicker in one of the straightaways and some of the pro guys came and, uh, and said that, you know, might be better if we got rid of it. And it was just like a natural water break in the, in the field that we were racing in. Right. So that was one of the benefits of the, the format. You know, it's like, okay, we got through that first test. Nobody wanted it. All right, great. While we're running the second test, we'll run a piece of equipment out there and, uh, and, and fix it. So I don't know, man. I think it, I think it worked out pretty perfectly. The, the length was good. Um, I think that's what I wanted. I didn't want it to be a two minute grass track or something like that. Um, I wanted the, te- I didn't want the test to be 10 minutes either. Cause I don't feel like that's, I think that's starting to kind of get a little bit too long to be a true sprint. So I, I think we did, I think we did a pretty good job on the test. Um, maybe could have made the grass track a little bit more technical, but I, I don't know. I don't think I would change too much. Okay. Honestly. Cool. Um, so a lot of it, like I had a couple of people in the chat room asking about the scoring software or equipment that you use. I'm, I, I know that Mark Cook is a promoter looking at possibly buying some scoring equipment and maybe some others out there. So, so tell us a little bit about the equipment that you were using. And then I, I would doubt that the issues were related to the equipment, but kind of what kind of issues were you having with scoring? Okay. Well, we used, um, the software we used was called J2 Chrono and it's, uh, um, it's actually a guy in Finland that, that makes the software and he actually used this software to score the 2011 ISDE. So I'm a software guy, but I don't think the issues that we ran into had anything to do with the software. Um, we used the transponders that we used were the sticker type that they use on the, at the national enduros. Yep. It's not the exact same, but very similar. And so some of the problems we had initially were, uh, people left their national enduro transponders on their helmet oh. or, or stuck their stuck, stuck. Some people actually stuck our transponder on top of their national enduro transponder. And I, so that, that created some issues. And so I think there was some, I don't completely understand. And I don't, I, these are the things that I've been told. So, I mean, there were some people that, that, uh, did this and didn't have any issues and some people that it didn't work. So that, those were the two, two of the initial issues that we had. Um, you know, I don't really know. I, the scoring thing was, was so touchy, man. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, the scoring guy kind of, I don't know. He kind of freaked out, I think. And once the weekend got going on and I, I didn't get a whole lot of great answers from him. So, so I, I know it didn't work. So, as well as we had hoped, which was, which is kind of a bummer, but, um, it, uh, again, I, I, I wasn't there. I'm not saying anything bad, bad, good or indifferent about, you know, now you've tried it, you've gone forward with it. You think, Oh, I'm going to do another one. Do you try out a different scoring system or do you say, you know what? I know that this was a first time thing. We were figuring stuff out. Let's use the same thing. I mean, I think I would, oh. I would probably choose somebody that's, that's in the States, uh, but, I don't know if it's tough for Yeah, well well the the the, the actual that's what's weird. It's like the guy who ran everything is the same guy who runs all the scoring for the GNCCs. Okay, I thought so, I had heard that. Okay. Right. So like that's that's why I hired him because he said he could do it. He said it would be different software than they run at the GNCCs because that software is pretty much made specifically for them. 
But I figured if this guy runs what's the software for pretty much the biggest off-road series in the country, he can't be that bad. Yeah. So <laughs> I was wrong. Um, I don't really know what else to say except for that. So, yeah, if, if I do another one, we're definitely not using this guy because I'm pretty sure all the people that had problems wouldn't come back if they – realized i did that so we'll definitely have to sort something else out okay yeah well and that's that's definitely one of the big learning curves i think not just your first event um of this style but as well sometimes first event for being a promoter uh you know there's a lot of decisions uh you know i've made in my professional career um when we're working on website builds where it's like i choose to go one path for x and then that turns out to be, unfortunately, a huge mistake. And so you kind of have to backtrack and reassess and then figure out what path to go next. So, I mean, that's, that's why you do, that's why you test things. So it's glad that you at least kind of see where there could be an issue and how to possibly make it better in the future. And that's what it's about. So speaking of the future, though, what does the future look like? I think, I think you pulled in a lot of interests. Um, I don't know, like, did I want to race it? Absolutely. Is it going to cause me to drive from Texas to Union, South Carolina? Probably not. But I have I have so much interest in this, and I know that if I was you know within a ten hour drive or an eight hour drive, that this would probably be something that I'd be willing to drive to for the weekend because it's something that I can't get right now in Texas. So I think there's a future for more of this. But I don't I want to know what you think. Is it too soon? Do you have ideas? Like where are you? What's your brain doing? No, um, yeah, the, I, I definitely want to do more. Um, I, and Saturday evening, I might not have said the same answer. And, you know, Sunday evening, I was kind of up in the air on it too. But you were uh, like, Christy, you're driving know. home. I'm drunk. You know, if I'm not drunk, I'm getting <laughs> drunk. Damn it. <laughs> no, Sunday night, I was picking up stakes, man, and pulling down miles and miles and miles of track tape. So that doesn't help. Uh, well, that's that when you, that's you when you just get a camel back with some crown and coke in that bad boy. And you just, uh, we had, we had a cooler in the, in the razor. Don't worry. There you go. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I, you know what? I got home and I started looking and, I, I mean, I, maybe people, maybe there was a couple people that didn't, that didn't have fun or didn't like it or whatever. But, uh, dude, I got so many positive comments that it, it just completely blows my mind, you know? Um, and it makes me want to do another one. Just, I don't know. Like, I don't know why if I'm a people pleaser or what, but, and it, and it you know, it doesn't have anything to do with the, with the money or anything like that. It's just, it was so cool to, to to see people just enjoying themselves riding and um yeah so I, I think we'll do more for sure you know I like last night we had Caleb and Charlie and Josh were all over here at our house and we you know we talked about it a bunch and you know I, I'm like be honest with me you don't have to blow smoke like we're all like I we're friends and if you if you thought it sucked you don't have to tell me you liked it. Like I, I want to know because I want to make it better and I couldn't get anything negative out of these guys. So, and, and it was the same, you know, I'm, I'm getting emails all day because we're having problems with scoring. And the first thing is like, everybody says, dude, I had an awesome time and I, I hate emailing you about this, but can you tell me what's going on with the scoring? Like, please do another one. Don't let this deter you. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to do more. I, I, I don't know how many, I don't know when for sure, but, uh, but yeah, I'll, we'll do more for sure. It'd be cool to 
it'd be cool now, I think, to to use this this the media coverage that you've been getting. I mean, you know, Mark Correa came out, was able to come out, um, and, and it got in cycle news. I mean, so you're going to get some good media coverage for this kind of stuff. People are going to learn about it yeah. and see about it. I think now's the time to have some tentative dates and tentative locations thrown out. Like, even if it's just like 2015, there's just one. It's not a series. It's not a three-part whatever. It's just like, you know what? It was fun. I can't commit to more than just one right now. Let's plan the one, and if more circulate because of it, awesome. But like, while the iron is, you know, while the iron's hot, if you will, kind of be like, this is when it's happening. You guys start prepping and get your calendar ready now. Yeah, well, we just went to dinner with one of my friends that came and helped, and we had this exact conversation. And they wanted to shoot you. They were like, hell no. (laughs) No, yeah, maybe. (laughs) But you know, you know how it is, man. Like, oh yeah. Um. I sit at a computer all day. You do too, right? So yep. like you get out and, and it's pretty nice to just like be out doing stuff. Like, I don't know, man work kind of stuff, you know, like blue line kind of stuff. It, None of that pink line right, shit. Yeah, no, no pink line shit. That's for <laughs> sure. So, yeah. So like, I think that was the thing is like, besides my father-in-law, my brother-in-law that do construction and excavating and stuff, uh, all of us do desk jobs or, you know, so, a lot of us that were loving that shit, you know? So I know my friends, they, they weren't too, too pissed. But then, like, my my brother-in-law builds gas well locations, and it's, like, boring shit. So he was so pumped to be working on a dirt bike track. So yeah. I think I got them all suckered in. They'll come do it again. So Nice. But, yeah, uh, I know what you're yeah, saying. I mean, but, Go ahead. Yeah, but what I was saying was we were having this exact conversation where I need to, I need to make a decision pretty quickly about what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. And I have a pretty good idea if – if I can convince Krista that we're going to do more of what exactly I want to do. And, and not that like, not that this is a completely original idea on my part, because obviously they've been doing it all over the world for a a lot longer, but I halfway don't want somebody to swoop me, you know, like I like the ground, not, I mean like the J day one was first and there's been some other ones and stuff, but I feel like we pulled a pretty good pro field and I don't think anybody's going to get the media coverage that, that we're going to get. And I don't want somebody to just kind of take the ball that I got rolling and, and, and swoop me and do a whole bunch of them next year or something. But so if I'm going to do more, I, I'll, I'll let people know here in the next few days exactly what the plan's going to be. And I, I have a pretty good idea what it would be. So I don't know if I want to like, I'm not trying to be secretive, but I don't want to get divorced either. So. Oh, it's very, very understandable. If I had any advice, don't do what I did this year and plan the biggest trip of the year that spans over your wedding anniversary. <laughs> that's just not not a good idea. So that's all yeah. I've got. Um, Je- Jesse Peters is in the chat room. He had a couple questions. Uh, it turns out he is a J-Day racer, actually, so he had two questions. His first one was, did anything about the other sprint enduros in the U.S. inspire you to change anything or maybe make decisions on, you know, to, to do something different? Uh, and then again, he actually makes the comment that he attended the J-Day sprint enduro and, you know, where they had the one-day multi-run setup. He's like, would you, do you think that there's, you know, one way or the other to do, you know, the, the sprint enduros? Um, let me think about this. I'd say the way that the J-Day did their starts made me second-guess the way I was doing my starts where they had, like, juniors or youth or whatever in the morning and then novice riders and stuff in the middle of the day and then pro riders later in the afternoon. I definitely 
kind of was second guessing my decision to just to do it the way we did, where it's like pros started, then A's, then B's, then C's all at the same time. Um, I definitely thought about that a little bit. And, um, I def, but I, I know John did three tests with, you know, like extreme test, a cross mm-hmm. test, and an enduro test. I definitely knew there was no way in hell I was doing three tests because that was just, it just seemed like so much work. And, and I think, now I don't want to speak for him and I, I did talk, we've talked we about his race. And I know it seemed like it was a little bit more work than he would normally do. So I feel like, like his cross test, like I saw a GoPro, I think it was two and a half minutes or something like that. And I knew I didn't want to do that. Like I wanted to make, like I spent so much time making our, our cross test because I wanted to be a, a real proper cross test and have it be real long. Like what, like what you would see at the six days or something. Right. So I wanted to make sure our test lengths were, were good. So I think that was something definitely that and I'm not trying to, I, and I'm not trying to bag on John. Oh no, at all. you guys are yeah, yeah, just I, two separate ways to do it. I think that's a big thing. Right. And I, I think people want to know, you know, if you saw something that he did that you just wanted to do different, you know, that's okay too. So yeah. And, and, I don't know. I don't want to put too much emphasis on it like that either because I had a pretty good idea what I was right. going to do. That's true. Because yep. I, I knew I wanted my stuff. To, I wanted it to be six to eight minutes for the pros to do each test because I knew that that's going to take somewhere between nine to 12 or something for the average guy. And that's what I was going for. So and I think we, we did a pretty good job of that. You know, our, our cross test was somewhere around five minutes for the fast guys. Um, I don't, I can't remember. I think Caleb dipped into the, Caleb Strang and Milner dipped into the 450, like high 450s. And then our, our Enduro test was in the sevens for most of the pro guys. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. But I think when I saw that, the GoPro video on the innovation off road from, from their cross test and it was uh, a little bit shorter than what I wanted. It it kind of reinforced that I was on the, like, that's what I really wanted to do. Right. Very cool. But as, you want me to talk about the two day thing or? Yeah, uh, why, why, uh, why a two day, you know, versus, uh, maybe try, and I, it would suck to try to fit all that in one day. You'd be waking up super early, going to bed super late. But yeah, why the two day? And then, uh, you know, it, I like the fact that you could race one day or the other. That was cool. But yeah, tell us your thoughts behind that. Um, and, well, to be completely honest, because I didn't feel like doing all this work and just tearing it all down after one day. I mean, I just feel like it was like, I knew it was, before I even got into it, I knew it was going to be a, just a shit ton of work, you know? And I just figured if, if I'm going to set up two tests like this, we might as well just run them Saturday and Sunday. And, uh, you know, that, that's what Jaunty does over in England. They run, they run each day is a round. Right. So they'll run like four or five weekends or whatever, and it ends up making an eight or 10 round series. So that I mean that was kind of also in the back of my mind that that's what that's what he does and it, you know so but really I mean it's I just I just couldn't start couldn't of spending a week to build something and then using it for eight hours and then just tearing it all back down again so that's why that's why we went with a two day format now we sold one day if people wanted to race for one day they could pay half the price and race for one day and we had quite a few people do that on Saturday. Because there was two local races on Sunday. Yep. And then, like, obviously we got a little bit of rain on Sunday, but it like downpoured, um, 
in other parts of South Carolina and like one of the local races got canceled. And then, so we got, we picked up some other riders that came on Sunday that wanted to do just a, a one day, one day race too, because they didn't come on Saturday. So very cool. So I, I think that's probably how I, I think I'd still do it today, no matter what. I mean, and I don't, I just, it's just so much work, man. I know that makes it harder on some of the people traveling and stuff like that. Cause they got to be there Saturday to race, but I don't know. No, it makes sense to me for that for sure. Um, especially because it's not like you own the property. Like you have to travel to the property and set up the property and then travel back home. Like there's a lot involved to do that kind of stuff. So that makes sense. Right. So yeah. overall, whatever your goal was to call it a success, do you call it a success? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I call it a success. You high fived I mean, yourself? <laughs> no, but um you know, I did I didn't really have a I didn't really have a specific goal. You know, I think there was like some financial goals where I didn't want to like lose my house or something like that or you know, <laughs> yeah, to um, sell Macy. All right, you're going home with those yeah, people. <laughs> right, you know, so I, there were small goals like that and uh, I you know, I had goals on rider turnout and spectator turnout and, you know, people being happy with how things went. And I think we kind of, we missed some and we hit and knocked some other ones out of the park. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I, I'd say it was a success. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, I want to change gears really quick. Um, but before uh-huh. I do that, I'm I want I want no no you're actually quite safe. I wanted to before I do that, did you have any um any any last thoughts I mean that you wanted to say about the sprint enduro that maybe I didn't touch on or that uh that just you know are are lingering in your brain? Um I guess the only thing I would say is that I had a the only like hateful comment that I got on all of the stuff that we've done so far was from someone who didn't actually come. <laughs> who had a smart comment about how much, how long they raced. And it just kind of like, it just kind of floored me because I didn't have any complaints from that. And I think maybe that's one of the things that scared people off from coming. And it doesn't matter if it's mine or if it's a J day or if it's district 34, or whoever puts on a, a sprint and arrow. If you live within driving distance, freaking go, man. Cause if they do a halfway decent job setting it up, you're going to, you're going to have a blast. And if you ride a three mile test as hard as you can for the entire time, you want a break after you're done. You know, we were watching guys shake out arm pump and stuff in the middle of the test because they're just pinning it, you know? Yeah. So, um, don't, don't get, if, don't get scared away by the enduro term because if enduro is not your thing, then this is probably something that you're going to like. And, don't get freaked out because you're not going to put in three, four, six hours of seat time in a day because you won't, but you'll be all right with it. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll have fun because of the fact that you're, you, I think sometimes we fool ourselves, not the pros. I say us, the amateur guys, including myself, like when we go do a two hour race or maybe a three hour GNCC, we fool ourselves into thinking that that was a hundred percent or that was, right. I was given it all three hours as much as I could give it when you're like, uh, but when you mentally go, man, this shit's five minutes long. 
I think you got to kind of start to, re- or maybe you've done it before and you come back and be like, oh, that was 60%. That sucked. And then you go again and you're like, good God, that was intense. Like, I think that's when you really start to see that, that, uh, you know, how much effort it really takes to ride that five, 10 minutes at that, at that real 100%. Oh, for sure. And that's a thing. Like, you know, I didn't get to watch much on Saturday because I was helping out at the scoring tent, but I rode around on Sunday all day, uh, with Rory and we watched and, you think the guys are going fast at a GNCC or a National Enduro, but it's insane how much faster and how much harder they are riding. Like I, I'm sure you saw the video that we posted. I mean, like, there's no letting off. Like those guys are going so fast. And we were we were talking last night. It was Jason Wagant was here and he was asking Strang and Caleb and those guys like, do you really ride different when you ride one of those things? And Strang was like, was like, yeah, man. You just wedge it the whole time. Like you just like the slang for like, you just pin it the whole time. Like you, you lit like not, obviously we can't do that, but that's literally what those guys are doing. I mean, they're freaking holding it wide. And I think that was the coolest part is like even you're sitting out there watching. So the C class comes through or the 50 plus class comes through and these guys like they're riding hard, man, like way harder than you'd ever see somebody ride at a GNCC. And I, and I know that's fun because that's what you want to do. You want to ride hard. You want to feel like you're. Like you're pinning it, you know, even if it's three minutes a test slower than the fast guys, you're still going fast, you know. So that's that's what it's all about, I think, is riding hard for for all that time. All right. So change change gears on me. What are we, what change, are we well I, I've been giving it some thought and I'm gonna kinda change gears on you, but it's not gonna be a complete uh so live webcast. I take it mm-hmm. that you realize that this format is a little bit more uh, in, inducive, mm-hmm. inducive to a live webcast, and yeah, people I, that I'd know, say that's, I'd people, say that's true. people that know how to broadcast things live on the internet. If only I knew somebody that knew how to do that, huh? Well, Is that I, what you're at? I don't know. They, got, <laughs> they probably all suck anyway. They're just a bunch of losers. I mean, who really wants to be on the internet? I mean, what the hell? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I got. I think I think it'd be my television. I don't need the internet. Yeah, I I know. I want to watch. I just talk to people on on my phone. Why would I want to talk to them on the internet? I I just think that it would be very uh, inducive to a good live webcast. Um, it for sure the format would have to it have to be a little different. I think because we'd have to figure out a way. Now, granted, it's not that we don't want to watch the amateurs race. It's just that a lot of times you've got to find a way to kind of concise it down to where you're kind of putting in the you know and you don't want to make it a a a best of show either but where you're kind of you know putting in the best of the best and so you kind of got to figure out a way to say okay cool we're going to showcase the pros at these times so that we can then make this show work for this uh for that racing so but yeah yeah. i don't know We'd have to look at your format a little bit and see if how that would work. But you know, it would be the, the 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 toughest thing is the is getting internet coverage. Um, you know, and that's the one that, with the GNCC guys. They own a satellite. You know, they have that satellite dish, and that is the goal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that the holy grail right there. Because um, then when you're you're literally at that point like ninety six percent positive, you go to any location, you're going to be able to have signal um, that. That's the big part, but is is any of that live webcast kind of idea, or or a little bit more live coverage been been in the back of your mind about this format at all? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, had a 
very broad general conversation with some of the guys at racer TV about it. And it was just, just wasn't able to we weren't able to make it happen this year, but, but, This between if you watch something like this live, then watching a GNCC live, and I mean logistically, what they do at the GNCCs is just insane. Yeah, that they that they can even really. I mean, you worked one before, so you know that they even like make it happen is like kind of pretty impressive. Yeah. So yes. So, but so like if we do this, you know, you could have you could film the pros while they ride the first test, and you have that reset. And if you if everything goes correctly, the reset. You could, as soon as the last pros finishing the the first test, the first pros get ready to take off the second test, and it would be almost seamless. So, yeah, I mean, you could, it would be, it would be amazing. But, yeah, uh, I think it would be awesome if we could do it. And, but I, I mean, the satellite time internet is on the production. So, I don't know if that'll happen uh, next right. year, but. Well, maybe, pretty, maybe, uh, pretty cool if it happens sometime. Maybe I need if they to. If you want to do a pro bono, then I'm down. Right. So well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, now, if nothing else, next time you guys have a round table with, uh, Josh, uh, Charlie, Caleb, and Wygant, then maybe I need to come over. I need to fly up there so we can, uh, hash about that kind of stuff, Dude, too. You could have came. You could have came, had some cupcakes last night. Mm. Good. I like some frosting. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, we've hit an hour. I, I'm, I'm, su- I'm not surprised that we bullshitted about this for an hour. I just, I, I'm very interested in this kind of stuff. Um, not just, uh, as a racer, but because I think it's interesting that this is your first event promoting. And there's so much stuff to learn doing this kind of stuff, having talked with Mark Cook and other promoters, um, here on the show. So, Congrats! I think it was success from the outside looking in. I didn't race it. I, I well, wasn't all that there. Matters. Yeah, I wasn't there in the midst of oh my god, my scoring or whatever. But it looked like a great success, and it looked like everybody had fun. Everybody online was was super super positive while we were posting about it. So, I think we're good. Cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. It'll be I, fun. Well, dude. I, you're getting me excited now, man. Yeah. You're like, fuck yeah, it's going to be next weekend. Let's did do you, it. Did you, watch, did you watch the video? Oh, yeah. That Rob did? Oh, yeah. I know. It was, it was, a, it was he, sick, right? Like, Yeah. You could I tell mean, that I, he's been thinking about ideas on for video for a long time because he did a really good job. Like, But it, he didn't like put in too much. Like he, he brought in some new stuff to his editing style, which that's that's what I mean, like stuff that he's been thinking about putting into his edits. So I liked it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I've I've been watching it like I don't know. I watch it like five times today. You're not you're... just that. Not just the intro when I'm on screen, but like the the action because I didn't get to see a whole ton of it. Right. Dude, I was I was jazzed, man. I love that shit. I loved it uh, so, when like Caleb Russell, uh, Charlie. You know, I mean, all the pros. I mean, it was like when they were they would come in the in the cross test and they would come into the turns and you could kind of hear them start to shut off but you and then when they would come out it was right when they start to get on the throttle and you start to hear them go through the gears and those bikes just sound so blue line bro they're just like so manly it was ridiculous <laughs> i was just like oh my gosh like I mean, those they just sound you know it's like nascar like when you hear those cars you're just like holy shit like that's the way I felt when I when I when I heard those guys coming out of those cross turns. It was it was pretty intense. Yeah, it was good. I want to get Rob. To, I must see if I can't talk him into making another edit. I know he's got more footage than that, so we'll yeah. see if we can't make like maybe like a 
with amateurs or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but blooper I like, reel. I like I like amateur video, so. Yeah, that's because we like seeing video of ourselves, <laughs> the amateurs. <laughs> what up? It's been a while since you've been to Loretta's, bro. It's been a while. <laughs> well, cool, Mr. Hooper. We appreciate you taking the time to come on here. Um, well, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, and congrats. And uh, I say okay. as well, thanks. Okay, like, How many people have been on the show more than me? Uh, Brad Bakken's actually been on quite a few times. But you were on as uh, – yeah, you were on a lot the first couple years, and we had a good hiatus. And then I guess like two or three times this year. Um, and then like once yeah, or twice. I think we have like a, like a list going. We, we did. When we did the hundredth episode, we had a list of who had been on the most and Brad Bakken was the, at the time, but now we're at 145. So I would have to, wow, I would have to do a lot of math. So you don't have anything else going on. So that's true. Do it. F it. My kids, they can go hungry. I'm not going to work. I'm figuring out who's on seat time. Those jerks. That sounds like a Jared Bolton project. <laughs> oh, if that redheaded ginger's listening, I will give you five dollars to figure it out. He's got a girlfriend now, so it probably um, won't happen. Yeah, his, his left hand. No, he actually he's living with a girl, and he was supposed to calm down now. I think <laughs> they. Well, used up their their condom stash and decided to go shopping for more, opposed to come to your spring bureau. <laughs> we'll it's going down, we're going downhill quickly here. It is. It's, that's how it always is when we try to wrap this shit up. <laughs> so, good job, and thank you for helping make our industry better uh, and the scene, if you will. I think anything like this is just going to push people to make better races. They're going to push people to make better promotions and uh, make us get out there and ride more. So, thank you for that. Um, and just uh, keep us up to date as everything kind of comes together, and we would like to know when the date for the next one is. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's been fun. All right, dude. Take it easy. We'll chat soon. Bye, Jason Hooper. <laughs> awesome. So, again, I, I kind of thought we might have about a 45-minute show because I knew that Jason and I would do a good job talking about this, but the fact that we made it to an hour really surprises me. I, I feel like it was really good content. I hope that you guys do as well. I can see that Frank is on the uh, the love sack in the living room right now, and if my wife were downstairs, I realize that she would be super pissed right now. So I'm going to, once this is over, that's what I'm going to go do. I'm going to go get Frank off of the love sack. But, uh, so this has been Seat Time, episode 145 for you guys. We've been talking with Jason Hooper about his Kenda full, full sprint, full gas sprint and zero that he put on this past weekend at the Big Buck property in Union, South Carolina. It looked like a success. Yes, I want to go. Yes, I hope there's another one. Uh, I even have some thoughts on things that I might do different. Uh, good, bad, or whatever, but that's just, you know, that's what it is. We'll see if those come to fruition. Look for a sprint enduro in Texas in 2015. Uh, I do know that somebody has one in the works, so. It could be fun, could be different, a good way to come down south and have a good time. So Seat Time, seattime.co is the website. We do archive everything there. Um, of course, you can find us on Facebook. Oh, look, Tam came down and found Frank. Ah! <laughs> Sorry, Frank. I wish you had a camera for that because that was great timing. Um, uh, Twitter, twitter.com. Uh, slash seat time underscore CEO. We are on Instagram. It's uh, just regular old seat time. You can search for that. Of course, YouTube is where you can subscribe and find the videos. Go look for the SP time lapse video. Super, super cool. Steven did a great job editing that. Um, we've got the helmet cam footage is going to be coming up later uh, this week and then in the next two to three weeks 
probably three or four, to be honest. Uh, we'll have the actual off-the-couch episode done of Woody Navigates the Baja Rally, so pay attention for that. You can know about all that shit if you just subscribe to us on YouTube. Makes it a lot easier. Uh, we did not get a chance to talk about our sponsors too much this episode, but again, Fly Racing. You need to go check them out. Uh, 2015 gear is out. It's looking fly, if you will. Super, super good stuff. Flyracing.com. Still up performance at stillupperformance.com. Um, if you didn't listen to the Ask Alan Anything episode, one, you need to go listen to that. And two, the snippet that he talks about the four CS forks and why they have so much issues and why it's so hard to actually valve them correctly and, and, and get the oil to work properly through the fork. Very, very interesting. It's about 11 minutes long. It's worth it even if you just pull it up and listen to it. Um, even the guys at Dirt Rider have actually listened to it and said, holy crap, that guy knows what he's talking about. And he does. It's really interesting. So stillwellperformance.com, you can go and email them and say, hey, Brian at Sea Time was telling me that you know a lot about suspension and might be able to help make my squishy better or make my squishy suck less. And then he's going to tell you why. Of course, the guys over at Fast Company, if you're looking for some of the best handlebars out there, um, flex bars. Uh, no, they're not just for old dudes, and they're not just for off-road riders. They really do help take the vibration away. They help with uh, arm pump. They help with hand vibration with blisters, all that good stuff. So you can check them out, fastco.com. We thank all of them for their support. This has been so much fun. So episode 145, we'll be back next week. We're going to start talking about some of the stuff that's coming up, maybe some people on new teams, maybe people in new positions, maybe people not on any teams, and uh, we're going to see how it's going. Um, we're going to have a third Endurocross race in a row without a live webcast coming up. I hope you guys have not enjoyed that as much as I have not enjoyed being able to watch it live. Seatime.co. Tune in next Tuesday for another live episode. Remember, have fun out there, and always, always, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Peace.